to the boys of summer are freezing tim the torque man johnston here with dr terry pope aka Statman. how you doing today Statman? oh tim i'm doing great wasn't the rain great it was great here in texas we've been needing that but uh hey guys well, we want to remind you what the boys of summer are freezing is all about it's really the fact that the what what once was good baseball could be good again but we the fans have got to get involved because obviously the game is uh, dwindling in attendance and interest in the next generation. So we're thankful today. We got next generation with uh, us here, Dr. Pope. We got David Sessions, and he's from the great Northwest. Welcome to, welcome today, David. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. David, glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. It's been a long time since I've been referred to as like the next generation. Hey, well, <laughs> uh, you should consider who you're working with today. It's, it's all relative. Yeah, that's right. No, but that really is important to us, Terry, because... Uh, I'm very concerned that the next generation has zero interest in baseball, but let's start with, obviously David likes baseball and mm -hmm. could you tell us what was, tell us your favorite baseball memory yeah. or memories and how did this get going for you? This is so, so hard to choose from because um, there's almost like, I would say there's probably five or six that I'm going to have to leave out uh, that just kill me because they're just so uh, like emotionally connected to family uh, to growing up, to nostalgia. Um, I could mention uh, going King Griffey Jr. One of my one of my trivia questions is that I grew up three houses down from King Griffey Jr. and six houses down from Jay Buhner of the of the early '90s Mariners. You wow. must have lived in a nice neighborhood. Yeah. So what what I don't tell people is it's a completely different subdivision. the The street address is the same, but uh, we were in different worlds. They they did have to drive past my house to come home though, so that was pretty neat. I mean, really, we would like stand out uh, late uh, after after a day game and see if we could see Griffey driving by in his Ferrari. And uh, I mean, it, it was great. And so uh, one of the first memories I have this is not the one I'm going to choose, but I just have to mention it. Griffey was. Uh, tying the uh, the record for most games consecutive games of the home run and we got to go to 13 i think it was um was it don mattingly's record that he was tying at 12 consecutive games with home run so we go to the kingdom 13 he never does it but i i, I learned that day what anxiety is because every time grippy came up uh i had these painful butterflies in my stomach because i realized i'm gonna watch history this is gonna happen he didn't do it but um how old were you at the time i probably was 11 or so i was i was pretty still pretty young uh, but we grew up going to games in the old kingdom all the time um and it was just always time with dad time with my brother time with my mom and sister um uh, another name that's again it's got to be connected to all these memories the first mariner inducted to the hall of fame is actually the announcer dave niehaus and mm. and his voice is uh the soundtrack of our our summer growing up i mean and, and this guy he you know he was he's not like announcers now in that he wasn't ever a ball player. Right. But he's like a, a an announcer, philosopher, poet, right there. We'd be watching games and uh, the TV uh, stream would cut to a, a ferry coming in on the Puget Sound from Bainbridge Island. And he wouldn't miss a ball or strike, but he'd just, you know, start waxing poetically about uh, the beautiful picture they were seeing here. And then it's like, oh, and Edgar Martinez takes for ball three, <laughs> you know, like just, it, it, it was just kind of this, um, it's kind of, there was this way of our family being together and, and, and attending to something together that kind of, and, and his voice and his poetic 
kind of way of framing the game and the surroundings and all of it was just kind of like in a weird way, this wholly shared moment for us. Kind of a Ben Scully type. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. In fact, he started, I think Nihau started with the angels, not with uh, Bob, uh, who's the angels announcer for, for so long. Um, anyway, but there's kind of this group, right? That they, they were never ball players, but they, they describe the game in this kind of poetic yeah. fashion. Yeah. See, that's fantastic. And see how that gets, that, that harkens back to you, family and yeah. emotions. And and that's not even your main memory. What, okay. what else All we right. got here? So I got a couple missions, like two more before I get to the one, okay? Um, uh, the My parents got me for my 18th birthday. They got the whole family opening day tickets to the 2000-2001 season. Uh, that was Ichiro's first game. He gets a, a first pitch infield single. And I just remember vividly next to my family and him looking down there, he's standing next to Jason Giambi of the A's on first base. We're just going, okay, this guy might be as advertised. They won 116 games that year. Haven't been to the playoffs since. Wow. Right. It's the longest, longest drought in professional sports, 21 years. So. Wow. Longest drought. Yeah. So that really has gotten you fired up for this. It year does. It close. does. You're close. It does. Okay, so fast forward to like the depths of despair. Um, Griffey has come back. He, he, he was traded, or not traded, he was free agent, I think in 97. He's come back, it's 2009, and he's on the edge of his career. He's only pinch hitting. Um, but uh, the, the Mariners' offense is just so abysmal uh, that he's pinch hitting just about every game. Well, we take my nephew, my dad, my brother, and I take my nephew, who's now a senior in high school, we take him to his first ever game and we're losing to the Diamondbacks um, one to three and Griffey comes up as a pinch hitter. And just one of these things, like we're looking at each other, there's a guy on first, we're down one to three. Wouldn't it be something, right? Wouldn't it be something if the kid does what he's always done and just, <laughs> just ties this thing? First pitch, fastball low and in and Griffey doesn't miss that pitch. He, you know, he never misses it and it's home run. And the first thing we do when we get back in the car, we turn on the radio because they know, we know they're going to re be replaying Dave Niehaus's uh, call from it. And I'm not going to get it exactly right, but he has this line in there right before the pitch. He says something like, let's see if the kid can work up some of that old time religion. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then there's the pitch and it's a home run and we're tied. We end up winning the game in 11 innings. And, you know, there, I certainly don't want to conflate baseball with, you know, my, my faith in Jesus Christ, but, uh, that kind of social idea of religion is pretty connected to baseball where it's like this thing that gathers families yeah. and this magic happens, right? Like, let's see if he can do it one more time. And so, um, you know, our, our heroes are more accessible to us in baseball than any other sport. And, uh, you know, we grew up, grew up down their street from Griffey and we never watched him come back and, and hit this home run. And we're with my nephew on his first game and my dad, and my brother are there. And so, Okay, but here's, I, I'm going to say my first, my favorite memory is the most recent game. I took my son to Mariners Rangers game in Arlington back in August. And uh, we go early. Uh, we watch batting practice. We leave Avalon like at 10 a.m. We go watch batting practice, uh, stay for the whole thing. And uh, uh, we're sitting in right field as we're watching warmups. Mitch Hanniger throws my son a ball. And so we've got a ball from warmups he's holding on to. And, you know, starting right fielder threw me a ball. It's pretty cool. Must have been like the third inning or so. Uh, Mariners are are on defense. Uh, Rangers are up, and there's a guy on first. We're sitting in right field, 
and the batter just left-handed batter smokes, you know, it, it's the sound, right? You know, the sound the bat makes when the batter has hit like oh, yeah. velocity of over 100, you know, you just, there's a different sound and we're thinking, well, there's a double that, that run from first is going to score. Mitch Hanniger, the same guy who throws him the ball in warmups, absolutely flies, goes to his left, down to the left field line, crashes into the wall, makes the catches. He's crashing into the wall. Does one of the most athletic things I've ever seen. We're like in the air, almost pushes off the wall, plans his right foot, throws the runner out at first from the warning track. Wow. And, you know, here I am with my son and it's the same thing, right? Like this is magic. Yeah. No one. I mean, he did three things in a play that you can go whole season without seeing anyone do. And, uh, and for me, it's this just kind of like stew of these things of, we're so, our heroes in baseball are so accessible to us in ways that they're not in the NBA or the NFL. And there's this magic that happens that, and then that magic gets blended in with shared time with our family. And we've just got this, this thing that we can remember and hold on to um, that really more than anything just kind of connects us to each other. And so. If you go to a magic game, Luke is probably not going to throw your son a basketball. No, no, unless you got really good tickets, but I don't have that kind of cash. <laughs> you know, I paid seven bucks for these right field tickets. So, yeah, that's pretty good. Well, the accessibility you're talking about, the family you're talking about, but you know what I really like about what you're talking about? When you think about Ken Griffey Jr., mm. one of the greatest athletes ever, and then talking about the athletic moves in right mm. field, the catching of the ball, the risk of crashing into mm -hmm. the fence, the ability to throw somebody out of first base. These are the kind of things we need to see in baseball more. Uh, Terry's gone on and on this year about how many times people are striking out. So uh, are there any changes you would like to that, – that's a fantastic memory. Are there any yeah. changes you'd like to see the, the game make? Yeah, I've got, I've got two. Um, so my first, my, first game, my first change is like game-specific. And um, the games are too long. So I went, I went and looked some of this up because I wanted to be prepared. In 1970, the average game was two and a half hours. Today, the average game is almost 40 minutes longer. It's three hours and eight minutes. But not only that, in 1970, runs per game per team is 4.34. Hits per game per team is 8.63. That's down to 4.31 runs and 8.19 Hit, uh, hits per game. So we're watching for far longer, far less action. And, and my thing is like, I, like could I, you repeat that David? Yes. We, we're watching far less action for far longer. It's, it's the breaks in the game. I don't mind strikeouts. I love strikeouts. Um, I, I don't mind anyone who was ever a fan of Nolan Ryan growing up, loves oh, strikeouts yeah. Yeah. and perfect games and, and no hitters. <laughs> uh, I love seeing, unbelievable plays in the outfield. The defense is not the enemy. It's wasted time. It drives me crazy. And so my, my uh, rule change is there is a, uh, there is one clock that is for the pitcher and the batter. And I don't know what it needs to be 24 seconds, 20 seconds, but from the moment the ball hits the catcher's glove or crosses home plate, right? Maybe if there's a pass ball or whatever, uh, from the time the action stops, uh, till the next pitch has got to be on the clock, pitcher and hitter. And I see pitchers wasting time. I see hitters wasting time a lot. Pet peeve is I've got to adjust my batting gloves after every pitch. Like you didn't even swing. And now you got to step out of the box, adjust your gloves. 
I mean, I don't know what the average time per pitch is, but uh, so this game we went to, I looked at the stats on that too. It was August 12th. There's eight runs for both teams. So we're below the run average. There's 20 hits. We're slightly above the hit average, Um, but it was three hours and 45 minutes. And I mean, my son, we're having the time of our lives, but in the seventh inning, he looks at me, he's like, I'm kind of ready for this to be over. And I was like, buddy, I am too. Yeah. Uh, And so I, the, the Rangers used a starter, um, an opener. And so they had six pitchers. The Mariners used four, but every pitching change was between innings. And so we're not even wasting time by what I'm trying to say is it was an average game in every way. And it was almost four hours. So you think it's what's happening within an inning? I think that's so. Slowing things down. I think so. They've yeah. already got a clock for warmups, which is good. Um, but uh, how, how would you uh, su- suppose the pitch clock? And let's suppose it's twenty seconds. Yeah. So twenty-one seconds comes. The pitcher still got the ball. What happens? That's a good question. You know, maybe there's a warning. Um, maybe there's a ball given. Um, Maybe there's, a, I think a box seems maybe too excessive. Um, but if it's not out of the pitcher's hand, it's ball. Um, Love yeah. it. What do you think of that stat, man? Well, I'm, I'm with David in wanting to shorten the game. So the typical game, Ranger games, are the ones I watch mostly. Yeah. So it starts at 7.05, and uh, you want it to be through before 10 o'clock. Yeah. Even if you're watching it on TV. I mean, how much how much time do you really have to spend watching the game? I right. mean, chances are, after you're finished watching the game, you have something else to do before bedtime. Right. If you go to the game, then you got to get home, mm-hmm. get kids in bed. Let's suppose you live in the same city as the ballpark. Yeah. It, it's going to be between 11 and 12 before yeah. all that happens. Yeah, so I was thinking that when he said we go on a pitch clock, and then the question is, he said, if they don't get the twin, they don't get the pitch off in 20 seconds, it's a ball. What do you think of that? I, I like that myself. What do you think? Yeah, I do too. And I think it would have to be uh, totally on the pitcher. And if the batter's not ready, just tough luck for the batter. If he's out adjusting his gloves yeah. and the pitcher throws a strike, it's a strike. Right. Like it- do you really not have 20 seconds to look down to the third base coach, check your sign? I mean, even then, right? Like how often do you really need, is the pitching third base coach really telling you something other than swing away? Than what you knew right? already. And, and so get in there, stay in the box. Um, let's, let's play for crying out loud. Okay. So that's a good proposal right there. Anything else you've thought about? David? Yeah. Okay. Big changes here. So I like 162 games because I, I agree with the premise of the show. We're playing, we're playing baseball too long. We're starting too early. I like 162 games. I like um, that right now. Okay. So right now in the American league, you've got your three division winners who other than the guardians, the, the Yankees and the Astros are, are they're going to, they're going to take the division. Um, then you've got three wildcard teams right now and you've got, really two two teams that are outside the wild card looking in that have a chance. So in the American League, there are what's that eight there are eight markets that are watching baseball right now. That's good. So I like playoff expansion. Um, but 
um, what we have with interleague and what we have with inbound schedule is you reward, for instance, this year, the Cleveland Guardians, who are in by far the weakest division uh, with a playoff spot that they don't think they really deserve. So here's what I want to see. I want to see the American League and National League. I'm just going to say everything from the American League perspective, but you just extrapolate that to the National League too. Uh, the American League has two conferences, the, uh, the uh, Western and the Eastern. So this year, the two winners are going to be the Yankees and the Astros. I mean, there's almost no chance, even though the Yankees are slumping, uh, for anything else to happen. Uh, they're going to go and they're going to make the playoffs and uh, they're going to get a first round bye. Okay. The next four best records are just four wild card spots. Okay. So this year, like I said, the Guardians wouldn't make it. And that would be the Rays, um, the uh, Blue Jays, the Mariners, and the Orioles. So in this year, every single uh, Eastern, um, Eastern Division team would be making the playoffs, um, plus the Mariners and Astros. So there's six. Um, anyway, uh, the first round is the wild cards. So that year, I think it would, this year it would be, let's say, uh, the, um, the Mariners and the Rays are playing the two, two ones above them, the Blue Jays and, uh, well, it would be the, the, some combination of the Orioles, Rays, Mariners, and, um, uh, and Blue Jays. One game playoff. Okay. Oh, one game. One game. Whoa. Yeah. One game. You, for for just getting wild card, you get one game. Yeah. And the top two get home field. Okay. Okay. Then we're going to go on to the conference semis. All right. So the conference semis are going to this year are going to be, let's say it's the Mariners and the Orioles against the uh, Astros and the Yankees. Five game. Best of five. Okay. Yankees, Astros get home field. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the for the pennant, the American League Championship, probably this year, the Yankees and the Astros, seven games. So what we're looking at now is up to the World Series, the playoff is going to last three, maybe three and a half weeks. Whereas right now, it's good that six teams make it, but the playoffs before the World Series is like two months. It's just too long. And so we're playing into, uh, you know, it's not, it's not Mr. October anymore. It's Mr. November and December. Right. They're projecting this year that if the uh, World Series goes to seven games, it'll be played on November 4th. And wow, we hope it's not New York or right. somewhere where it's cold oh, yeah. on that date because anybody that's ever tried to bat in 40 degree weather is misty. Right. It, you know, it's just hard on the hands. It's not good for pitchers. So, hey, this is this is creative. I like these ideas. What do you think, Statman? I do too. This is some of the best and it fits right in with what we've been wanting to do. And uh, because particularly with, we, we talked about David being part of the younger generation. <clears throat> But if you even get younger than David, mm-hmm. the the tolerance for for our baseball games is going to be really low. Right. I mean, to your point, uh, I if I'm going to take my son to a game, and, and really I think the priority has got to be the length of games. Uh, if I'm going to take him to a game, it's got to be during the summer, or it's got to be on a weekend. There are no school night games. Like I mean, because we're going to be getting home at midnight at the oh yeah, and um, you know, attendance, I think is, is watching on TV is great, but attendance is the core of, of baseball being successful because everyone's favorite memory I'm guessing is, is something happening in person, right? There's oh, something yeah. more magical about watching the game in person. Oh, yeah. yeah. Seven o'clock start times, 11 o'clock finishes is just not something most people are going to do. 
Okay, so you've given us, uh, is this is fantastic because David's given us a chance to shorten the game, and that would be with the pitch count, and he's also given us a chance to shorten the season, um, and so I think both of these things could help the young next generation. Like, do you think your son is going to have the same affinity and care for baseball that you do? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, for us, the Mariners were always on. If we weren't going to game, it was on. Um, and there's something about living on the West Coast that's easier because uh, if they're playing against the Yankees, it's a uh, it's a four o'clock start time. Whereas you know here in 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 in, in Texas, if they're playing the Yankees, it's a it's a um, what six o'clock start time. All right. You know, and, and it's just again this going late into the night. We gotta get up and go to school in the morning. Uh, and so West Coast, I actually think has an advantage for viewership. Um, but if the if the uh, TV's on at home and a baseball game is on, would your son sit down and watch it? He'd watch it while I was doing something else. Yeah, but that was the same for us. I mean, you know, we were right. We might in, sit down in and, and watch. Out. Yeah, we yeah. get to sit down for five innings, but at some point, I got to start my homework. You know, right? Uh, and right. I'm watching it while I'm doing usually math. It's probably why I failed math. But <laughs> well, uh, Statman, uh, last we always like to have a poll question, and last time we had a poll question. Uh, can you remind us what was the poll question last time? I'd like to know what David's opinion of this is. Yeah, last week our guest was particularly tuned in on umpire quality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she was suggesting different ways of trying to improve that. We talked a little bit about going to robot umps. Uh -huh. And she kind of said, um, we lose some of the uh, historical flavor of not having umpires there. And so we talked about that some. But the... The idea that came out is maybe have a grading system mm -hmm. that would result in the lowest graded umpires being relegated. We were comparing it to the English Premier Soccer yeah. League where the lower teams get rele relegated down to the next division. So if umpires were graded, uh, I'm sure there's some sort of grading system in place today. I mean, they're bound to be yeah. uh, where supervisors look at the quality of work. But if there was actually a system in place that everybody was aware of, yeah, that would result in them being in baseball dropped to triple A, yeah, uh, that might cause some of them to realize, hey, there's there's a penalty, yeah, uh, to not doing a good job. Yeah, I like that. Um, I I feel kind of similar uh, towards robo umps. I really think, you know, I feel kind of a little bit. I feel even weird saying this, feel a little bit bad for umpires because just the uh, the visible box being there. I mean, we didn't realize probably for years how often they were calling one ball a strike and then the next pitch a ball, which was like, you know, two inches right. away. But now we see every single pitch. And um, so we probably lived with a little bit of uh, uncertainty before that we don't now. Yeah. Uh, and so it's right. harder probably to be an umpire. Um, I like that. I I think what's going to be hard about that is also one of the hard things about umpires right now, which is the union so strong that um, they would never do that. And it's, it's also the same reason why some of these almost like celebrity umps that everyone knows about, and you're just praying that he's not behind home plate when your team needs a win. Yeah, uh, you know, exactly. you know, we know some names of some oh, yeah. guys who they're just total uh, almost egomaniacs and they're trying to control the game. And uh, every single player would know, Hey, 
list list the top three umpires you want to get rid of, they would probably say some of the same names, but there's just there's almost no accountability for being an umpire. I do think that's a big problem. So you would have voted. How did we phrase the question, Statman? Well, we phrased the question, should there be a grading system that would result in the umpires making the lowest grades being relegated to the next division down? How did the fans vote on that? Well, the fans voted 100%. Yeah, let's yeah. have a system like that. Now, Tim, as we've talked in the past, given our... Uh, a growing listening audience, <laughs> and some people listen to podcasts. Our polls are available if people listen to podcasts on Spotify. Uh, but a lot of people use Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast. Oh, I mean, you can listen to podcasts any and everywhere. And the Spotify is the one that would carry our poll. So some of that would, would result. So, but... 100%, 100%. Well, right. Okay. So, we, we, so this week, um, how would we phrase a question based upon what David has proposed of, with a pitch count? What would, what would you guys, what would you say the question should be? Well, I think, yeah, I think the pitch count thing is what we need to concentrate on. I, oh, excuse me. I said pitch count. I meant pitch clock. I said pitch that wrong, clock. right? That's, that's, that's okay. True. So are, should we say something like, David, how would you want to phrase this question? Uh, should Major League Baseball institute a, we're going to give good generous, give it 24 second pitch clock. And you would definitely vote yes on that. Two thumbs up. I would vote yes. And I, I would like to see it go to 20 seconds, but let's put it at the 24 Statman, that that may not move the audience too much, but uh, what, what would you vote on that Statman? What, well, this, if we were to ask ourselves the question, wonder what the number is now. Question. You hey, know, that, that sounds like a research question to me. Well, I, you know, the Major League Baseball is the Washington data. They probably have that. I'll look at that. I'll Thank look you. at that between now and next week. And Statman, I just like it. Anytime you say that uh, something's a wash in data, I get pumped about that. I'm sure you do too. Oh, yeah, there's just nothing like it. And, and that, uh, that's a part. That's part of the appeal of baseball. It is a statistical game. Uh, did you track stats yeah, as a kid it. yourself? Oh, uh, here we go. We got our second statman. We're going to call uh, David Statman Two. Okay. Uh, well, you might have to edit this part out because that was average game. Uh, average time between pitch, and the only the most recent year is um, 2017. Uh, 23.8 seconds. So we got to get it down to 20. Yeah. All Maybe right. Even lower. Thank you. That 24 helps. wouldn't make us 24. That, make a that, 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 that's, that's good though. So the, uh, 20 second pitch count, which also the batter has to live with mm -hmm. ready or not, here comes the pitch. And, uh, so I think that'd be good. So that'll be our poll question. And, uh, Okay, we'll put that out there. And uh, hey, we got to have David back again, don't you think? He's got a lot oh, he's to talk great. about. Oh, he's great. Well, he's got all this history with baseball. In the in the great Northwest, I mean, we need need to know more about that because hearing the word kingdom, I hadn't thought about the kingdom mm -hmm. in a long time. And it's kind of cool. Seattle went the other way. They had a dome. Yeah. That was a dome, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, they, where they play now, is it Safeco? Safeco Field. Actually, now uh, T-Mobile Park. Uh, but 
same year that we got to watch Ichiro's uh, first game, the same year the 116 games, my high school, Skyline High School, actually had their graduation ceremony there at Safeco Field. So. And is it outdoors? It's a retractable roof. Ah. So it was had... the second after uh, Park in Toronto to have a retractable roof. Now, uh, for Seattle, it's pretty necessary. Corey Seager's brother was the Kyle. big mariner. Began and ended his year the same year they drafted uh, Ackley, Dustin Ackley, uh, from the same North Carolina team. Kyle Seeger uh, was like the 15th round, and Seeger became a 13, 14 year pro. And Ackley, uh, um, he, was the, he was the Seeger was a thorn in the side to the mm -hmm, Rangers, mm -hmm. yeah, for years. Okay. Well, David, that's that's great. Those are, those are good uh, <clears throat> discussion points and. Like Tim says, probably at some point in the future, we'll get you back in here. I had a blast. And, and, uh, okay, so. guys. So remember, fans, uh, what was once good can be good again. So spread the word. The boys of summer are freezing, and we've got to do something about it. Later. Okay, Tim. Later.